0: We're going to the book of John this morning, Gospel of John. Has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? Yeah, I'm trying to coax you. But it's a good coaxing, is it not? Thank you. I'll continue based on that. Amen. Thank you. John chapter 7. I have a confession to make this morning. I'm stuck. You might say, well, Pastor Cindy, how are you stuck? Well, I'm going to tell you so you don't have to wonder. I'm stuck on a topic. I'm stuck on a uh, a word. I'm stuck on a direction. And uh, a lot of times, people looking on to pastors in a church, they're they're ready for the next. Like we did, we've talked about that for three weeks. What's next? What's the next series? What's the next topic? What's the next passage of scripture? What's the next? Well, I've been asking the Lord what's next, and he says, it's the same. So I confess to you today, I'm a little bit stuck. But the thing that I'm stuck on, uh, the Lord keeps bringing passages of scripture to me about, and so I've got plenty to preach on. And uh, what I'm stuck on today is I'm stuck on the Holy Spirit. Now, it's a good thing I'm not stuck on some other things, (laughs) But I'm really stuck on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit continues to bring me back to him and to his work and to what he wants to do and what he wants to accomplish in his church today. Thank you. So I take this, that the Holy Spirit is still uh, speaking to us, and he's still wanting to continue to speak to us, And the important thing for you and I this morning is the receptivity of our heart, the openness of our heart, the willingness to hear his voice. And so, what I'd like us to do is stop for a moment and just bow our heads and close our eyes. And I'd like to give you a moment to make yourself available to the Holy Spirit today. Just take a few moments. Lord, we open up our heart, our mind, our spirit to your Holy Spirit, who is God present with us and in us. Teach us, show us, move in us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the power, you are the comforter, you are the guide. You are our boldness. You are our strength. So Holy Spirit, you are welcome here today to speak to us. And we receive in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm tired of the winter. Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) I don't know what's worse. The inches or feet of snow or the temps? How many of you have hated the snow worse than the temperature? Ooh, I think we're going to have a unanimous. How many of you hated the temperatures worse than the snow? Yeah. Well, get ready. I think we're having some more this week. Well, along with cold temps, record snow, and a record number of calamity days, for that the kids say hurrah, Uh, This winter has been so dry, you know what I'm saying? The more you crank the heat, the drier your house gets, you know, you're warmer, but you're drier, you know, so you need the humidifier and there's just no moisture in the air, you know, and you look at your hands and they're dry and flaking and, you know, cracked and splitting and you're using lotion and you're drinking water and your body just feels dehydrated and so it should because we're about 80% water. And so when we're dehydrated, we feel it. This morning I want to talk to us about spiritual dryness. We experience it physically and we know the signs physically, but this morning I want to talk to you about spiritual dryness and um, the remedy that's in the Holy Spirit for that dryness. The scripture speaks of a dryness of the soul, and I want to read a verse from you from for uh, Psalm 63:1, David says these words: "O oh God, you are my God; earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you; my body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water." David understood dryness in in a land of Palestine, Israel had many various places there on the terrain that were arid and desert-like and dry. Think of the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea was just that because of the high salt content and very, very little water. My friend, where there's no water, there's no life. Where there's no water, there's no fruitfulness, there's no vegetation, there's no food, there's no life. In a spiritual sense, the same is true. Where there is no water, there is no life. When our spirits become dry or dehydrated, the life in our spirit begins to dwindle, begins to dry up, if you will. Sometimes dryness of spirit looks like this. It looks like indifference or apathy. Yeah the Lord eh. worship eh. church eh, maybe maybe not uh, I had a long week uh, tired I'd rather catch the news I'd rather sleep in I'd rather sit at home with my family the Lord the presence of the Lord church eh. sometimes dryness comes looking like it's hard to pray. I've been there. I'm sure you have too, where it's just hard to pray. There's just a dryness within us. It's difficult to worship. It's difficult to turn our attention on the Lord and to give him the love and the praise and the adoration that he's due because there's a dryness in the spirit. The word is empty I read it, I do my devotions, I do my duty to the word, but it's kind of dry, it's just kind of empty. And it seems like the harder that you try, the worse it gets. So what happens? We try harder. Those of us that are A personalities, firstborns, you know, if something isn't working, well, we'll just regroup and we'll just try harder. I've got to try harder. And if you're like me, sometimes on a Monday morning after a Sunday, it's the time to say, I'm just going gonna, gonna to try harder at that. I'm just going to work at being more disciplined. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to attempt again something that I've attempted before, and, and I haven't been able to quite do it. We try harder. Or sometimes we do this, we fake it till we make it. Sometimes we fake it till we make it. We make it look like everything is just fine and inside we're dry. Inside we're dying. Inside we're thirsty. Inside we need something from God that can refresh us, that can fill us, that can change us. And instead of addressing that, we just keep trying. We keep trying to do it on the outside when we're suffering on the inside, or we just give up. Churches are filled with empty seats because people just give up. They've tried. They've tried to fake it until they make it. And they, they're, they're trying to do what God wants them to do, but it's, it's difficult. And then life happens. And then difficulties come. And then illness comes. And then death comes, and then unemployment comes, and different things come. And then pretty soon, the dryness of spirit yields to the difficulties of life. And pretty soon, we're pulled away. Our dryness leads us away. It can happen in a church. There are dry churches today. You know, I pray that Victory Life Church is never a dry church. Amen? Amen. Never a place where, oh, we come and we sing the songs and we give in the offering and we hear the word and we go out and we have our lunch at the restaurant and we go home and we'll do it again next Sunday. No change, nothing different. We've experienced nothing. The Holy Spirit hasn't spoken to us. Nothing's occurred in a spiritual realm in this place. We've just kind of come and did our thing. I pray Victory Life Church never, ever, ever gets in that place. But churches can get in that place, and what they try to do is, let's find a new program. Let's work on our doctrine. Let's have a tighter band. Let's have a better choir. Let's have nicer classes. Let's remodel the sanctuary. Let's fill in the blank. My friend, none of those things can replace the Spirit of God. Are we blessed with those things? We are blessed. Victory Life is a blessed church. But my friends, all the things that we have and that we do within the church life, nothing can replace the Spirit of God and His work in our lives. Let's look at John 7. We're going to read three verses there, 37 through 39. Verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. For up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. What was taking place here when Jesus stood up and he cried out these words? The scripture says there in 37, On the last and the greatest day of the feast, it was a holiday. It was a Jewish holiday known as the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. It was part of the tradition of the Jewish people to come to Jerusalem, and the historians and scholars believe that there were about a million that day in Jerusalem that had come to erect these tents, these booths, to commemorate and to celebrate a major event in the history of Israel. And so they had come and they had camped out to celebrate. They were commemorating a very important time in their history. It was the time of the 40 years in the wilderness. And the 40 years in the wilderness, the children of Israel lived in similar tents, similar dwellings, so that they could get up and move in a, in a, in a moment's notice. And so they were commemorating this event, this event of God's provision. Through the wilderness, how that God was a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day, that God provided manna in the wilderness. God didn't let their shoes wear out. God did many things to provide, and one of the things that he provided for them was water. Was water to quench their thirst, to give them life and to give them sustenance. God provided water, and if you remember the story through Moses, Moses drew water from the rock, and we know that the the rock is significant because it reminds us of Christ Jesus. In this commemoration, what the children of Israel did was there was one who took for seven days water from the pool of Siloam in a golden pitcher. And he took that water and he came to the altar and he would pour the water around the base of the altar all the while shouting what we know to be Psalm 118, 25. Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, give us success. Seven days. Go and draw the water. Seven days. Pour the water around the outer part of the altar and quote and say, Please, Lord, save us. Please, Lord, give us success. It was on the eighth day that John calls the greatest day of the feast where Jesus stands up, and maybe your version says, shouts out, but most of our version says he cried with a loud voice. He cried out. And he said, If a man is thirsty, or if a man truly needs water, Let him come, not to the altar, but let him come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Our souls get thirsty. Mine has. I'm sure yours has, maybe today. Your soul is thirsty. It's the human condition. Soul thirst is the human condition. It can even be a Christian's condition. A Christian can have, even as a believer, a thirsty soul, a thirsty spirit. Why is it that we thirst? There's natural depletion. One theologian was saying this week as I was reading that we are cracked vessels. And so we have to be filled often. It's our condition. We're human. We're flawed. We're limited. We're finite. And God, by his Spirit, pours into us, and through our humanity, we can get depleted. We're just cracked vessels. Why do we thirst? Why do we have a thirsty soul? Here's something I want you to think about today, and maybe this resonates with your spirit. This is something that causes thirst in us, and that is running. Not running, but busyness. Busyness. You been busy this week? I've been busy. You know why I've been extra busy? The ceiling in my office collapsed. Now, some of you know that. I'll open the door. You can do a little walk by if you'd like to and look in. I know some of you are curious now. But you know, you just walk into your office one morning and a fourth of the ceiling just has collapsed down and insulation and wet insulation. That kind of just puts your life in a different place for the week, you know. be like being displaced from your workplace or or your home or a room in your home for a while, but you know, we get caught in events and things in our life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you just feel like you're running. Go next, pick up, drop off, you know, see this person, see that person, get to work, get home, get something to eat, get to the next thing, run this child here, run this child here, go over here, do this, come back, 10 o'clock, drop in bed, get up, tr- do it all over again. Running creates dryness. It just does. We're just running and going and doing. And we're missing the water of life that can refresh our soul because we're just too busy. We're we're too busy for the water of life. We're too busy for an encounter with the Holy Spirit, the only one that can refresh us. We're too busy. And so we just get content to run on dry. Some of us in this room love caffeine, some of us in this room need caffeine. Some of us in this room are addicted to caffeine. Caffeine is something that can keep us going, but caffeine drives your system out. Did you know that? It's cute to talk to some of our older friends in the, in, in the world, and I, I know of an older lady that when you talk to her about caffeine, she says, well, I'm getting my water. I drink my coffee. Uh, Wait a second. Something happens when the caffeine and the water intersect. The water no longer hydrates. The caffeine robs our system of hydration. Isn't that true? Nurse Pat? Okay, the nurse is saying yes. That's right. Caffeine gives us energy to go, but it dries out our body. My friend, running and going is one thing, but I'm telling you, it dries out your spirit. It'll dry out your spirit, and you wonder What's wrong with my relationship with the Lord? Where's the vibrancy? Where's the passion? Where's the the love? Where's the worship? Where's the desire to share him with someone? Where's my desire to be in the word? Where did all that go? Why am I so dry? Could it be because you're running? Could it be because we're just taking life too fast? And the only person that can slow down your life is you. No one else can slow your life down. No one else can slow my life down. I'll tell you what slowed my life down, a car accident. That, that slowed my life down just like an immediate, ah! You're stopped. Now, you don't want Psalm 23 to come into play too many times in your life. He makes me lie down, but God will use things in our life to make us. Some of you are nodding your head. I've been made before. Yeah. He will make us slide down. Why? For our good. So He can restore our soul, the scripture says. How can we get our soul restored? We have to slow down, we have to stop. Jim Symbolus says this it's great. If you run around, you'll run down and then you'll run away. So, running. Can make our soul thirsty. Also, drinking a water that doesn't satisfy. Have you ever drank a can of Coke on a hot summer day? How many of you like that? How many of you that quenches your thirst? Thank you, Jack. <laughs> to me, that there's you know there's a lot of things that are worse I know, but it's, it's like. You're you're hot, you're parched, you're dry, your mouth's dry, you've been out mowing the grass. Oh, that we could have a day like that, right? We're out mowing the grass in our shorts, and we're just hot, and it's a warm day, and you pick up a a can of Coke, and you just think, I'm so thirsty, and you drink it. I'm so thirsty, and you keep drinking it, and it's like, I'm so thirsty, and I keep being thirsty, and I'm done with the Coke, and I'm thirsty. Why? Why? Coke doesn't quench thirst. It's water that quenches our thirst. It only leaves us, Coke only leaves us thirsty again. My friend, things outside of your relationship with Christ and time with him to take in the water of his refreshing into your spirit, other things will leave you unsatisfied. And you have to go for more. It only leaves you thirsty again. That relationship that you think is going to quench the thirst and satisfy the desire that you have within you, it won't. You may think it will for a season, and it will for a season, but ultimately, that relationship won't satisfy. That diversion, that entertainment, that extra thing that you've taken on in your life, those things will not satisfy Jeremiah 2.13 says this, For my people have done two evil things. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cisterns that can hold no water at all. And you know what? Believers are still digging them. Well, this is what's going to satisfy me. I'm going to do this. Oh, no dissatisfaction. I know what I need to do. I, I, I need this over here. And so I'm going to dig this cistern, and I'm going to look for satisfaction here. And we think it's Jesus plus something else. In fact, it's Jesus plus nothing else. Jesus only. But we haven't given Jesus and the Holy Spirit a chance to do that refreshing, to do that renewal in our lives. So your soul is thirsty. Our souls are thirsty. What's happening? What you're really thirsty for is the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said it right here. He said the Holy Spirit is the water. Verse 39, by this he meant the Spirit. Well, Pastor Cindy, doesn't the Spirit dwell in me because I'm a... Child of God, oh yes, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. But is he living in you? Is he moving in you? Is he speaking in you? Is he working inside of you? Or is he just sitting in the chair in the corner saying, I'm here. I'm here. It's our desire and our privilege to call him out of the chair. And say, work in me flow in me, refresh me, be the water in my spirit that I really, really, really need. It's no longer the water that's being poured around the altar, it's the water from the altar. It's the water from the altar that we need. And you know what? We have an invitation from Jesus. Just like the people around him that day in the temple heard these words, these words are for us today, if you thirst... Come to me and drink, Jesus says. If you thirst, don't go somewhere else and drink. Come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, then the streams of living water will flow out of you and will be a blessing to other people. Don't you love to be around people like that? I love to be around people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know anyone like that? Where the Holy Spirit is moving in them, and the Holy Spirit blesses you because of your acquaintance, your relationship, your conversation, your prayer time with them. You leave, and your spirit is lifted up. Why? Because the Spirit of God in them touched the Spirit of God in you, and you're encouraged, and you're blessed, and your passion is stirred, and your love is stirred, and your desire for God is stirred. Why? Because someone with the Holy Spirit, living in them, touched your life, and now the Holy Spirit in you is moving. Water moves. Water is designed to flow. Water that doesn't flow gets yucky. It grows things. It gets scum in it. It's It's yucky to taste. Who wants to taste it? Who wants to bathe in it? Who wants it? No one wants stagnant water. Water is meant to flow. The Holy Spirit, he is meant to flow in us and through us. These streams of living water Jesus talks about. So we have an invitation from Jesus today. The invitation is if you're thirsty, if I'm thirsty, come to him. He has the Holy Spirit to give to you. If we ask him, he will fill us. The scripture says, Jesus spoke these words, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? God has the Holy Spirit to give to us. When we're thirsty, it's a natural thing to be thirsty. There's no crime in being thirsty. There's no necessarily sin in being thirsty. It's not, are you thirsty? It's, where do you go to get a drink? The issue isn't, are we thirsty or not? If you are, good. The question is, is, where do you go? get a drink. There are places that believers are going today, and I'm not going to mention them. There are places where believers are going today to get a drink, and it's going to take you in the wrong direction. Those things are going to take you in the wrong direction. Jesus says, the thirst in your soul lets you know you need me, so come to me. Come to me and let me fill that thirst in your soul. That's the invitation today. I think we should take it. It's polite to take an invitation, isn't it? I've got a couple sitting on my counter at home. Be very rude on my part to just say, well, I've been invited to, can't make it, but I'm not going to tell them I can't make it. Or I'm going to show up, but I'm not going to let them know I'm coming, and I'm going to come hungry. Be kind of rude. To ignore an invitation. Jesus today gives us an invitation for the very thing that we need. His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit. What you're thirsting for, what you're looking for in your life, even as a Christian, is not anything but the presence of God by his Holy Spirit in you. Because it will quench your thirst and it will bless others. Let's pray. Are you thirsty? You know, no one around you might even know how thirsty you really are. Because you've been just trying and you've been you've been faking it till you can make it. But you're thirsty. Your soul's thirsty. Nothing else is satisfying. Boy, the church today needs a big drink. The church today in this world, we need our thirst quenched and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. There's not going to be any going on as the church in this country without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen. I need that power, and so do you. I need the water of the Holy Spirit in me, and so do you. Will you ask? Will you ask? AJ, I'm going to ask you if you'll come and just play. And as he's playing, I want to give you time to respond today. We've got time, lots of time to just seek the Lord together. For those of you that the Holy Spirit, he's stirring you even now. He's speaking to you about himself even now. And he's saying, I'm, I'm here. Ask for me. Seek me. Invite me. Welcome me. Open up your heart. Open up your life in ways you never have before. And just say, Holy Spirit. Come and refresh me. I'm dry. Come and refresh my spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you. If that's your heart today, if that's what you want from the Lord, I'm just going to ask as A.J. plays, would you just come? We're just going to come and ask the Lord for a filling of his Holy Spirit here this morning you're thirsty you're hungry you're dry you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life you've been finding that you've been seeking other things and you know going that direction isn't isn't the direction you should go my friend today the Holy Spirit is the one you need he's the one you need to fill you with his power and with his refreshment strength. You need the Holy Spirit. If that's your heart, just come and join me here at the front.
1: You know, it's okay to admit a need.
0: It's okay to admit a need.